to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Beautiful worship. Thank you, worship team. Good to see each of you uh, this morning. A special welcome to our uh, online church, so glad that you joined us wherever you are on Father's Day. Uh, man, we, have, we are blessed here as a church to have great fathers. I'm saying we have great fathers in this house, uh, serving everywhere, doing some beautiful things. One of the great things I got to do VBS is come up and just kind of hang out and watch, give high fives. Love the dads. Let's saw dads everywhere. And uh, so grateful for you for that. So dads, a little kudos to dads. I love my dads here in the church. And so happy Father's Day to you. Um, so if you have your word, go to it. Genesis 22, Genesis 22. Uh, I thought on Father's Day, there's no better father to look at than the father of nations. His name is Abraham. Abraham was the father of nations. There's a ton in Genesis 22 that we as dads, we as fathers can learn from, from the father of nations, all right? Uh, and we're gonna walk through that in just a little bit. So one thing you may not know, uh, if you look at Abraham or Abram, there's four occasions and four altars. Some people think that Genesis 22 was the only time that God said, build an altar. It's not. It was not. Genesis 12, 7 the Bible says to your Abraham, to Abram, your offsprings, I will give you the land. So Abram built an altar. In Genesis 12, 8, Abram pitches a tent between Bethel and Aiah and built an altar. Genesis 13, 18, Abram pitches his tent near the great trees and built an altar. Genesis 17, 5, God says, you will no longer be Abram because you are Abraham. A little side note, if you're a dad in here, if you're like me, half my life I was Jeff. The last half I've been dad. God changed your name when he makes you father. You got a lot in common with Abraham, don't even know it. Genesis 22, we'll get to a lot of that meat in a little bit. Genesis 22, we'll look at it. Abraham reaches a place God told him, and he built an altar. Hmm. I want to ask you a question. What was the last time, what was the last thing that God asked you to do? Everyone in the house, online too. What's the last thing God asked you to do? Did you do it? What was the last thing God asked you to do? Did you do it? 
See, people think Abraham's this incredible, legendary Bible figure. But can I tell you what Abraham really just was? He was a man, and when God spoke to him, he did it. That's it. You can take Abraham's life, shuck it down. You can take the corn, shuck it down the cob. And all it is is a man made by God who heard his God and he did it. That's it. That's it. That's how Abraham became the man, Abraham in the Bible. Legendary biblical figure. You say, what did Abraham do so awesome? He did what God said. Do you see it? Three times, God said, do this. He did it. He built an altar. God said, you'll no longer be Abram. Mm. Because I, whoo, because your great faith, and because you trust in me, I call you Abraham. And again, God showed him a place, and he stopped and he built an altar. What's the last thing God asked you to do? Did you do it? Did you do it? I have good news for you, Dad. You don't have to be a hero. You just have to be obedient. I'm going to say that again. Dads, you don't have to be a hero. Just have to be obedient. Be like Abraham. See, this social media stuff's killing us as men. Killing us. I'm so tired of seeing people's vacations in Cancun, and I'm in Amarillo. <laughs> Can I just be honest? How do you keep up with all that? Jamaica one week, Cancun the next week, down in Mexico again. Now they're up in the Rocky skiing. I'm like, Lord, help. Dads, you don't have to be cool. You don't have to do all the latest greatest, own all the latest greatest, talk all the cool language. You don't have to dress cool, be cool. You have to do nothing. You just have to be obedient. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, every one of us in a box, front of a church, bottom line, did you do what God said? That's it. You don't have your cool shoes on then. They ain't got room for you, four-wheelers and all that stuff in there. It's just you and your maker. And you're a hero to your children if you do what God said to do. That's how you're a hero to your children. I know it looks like they want you to be all this stuff, but what they really want deep down inside, they just want you to follow God while they follow you follow God. That's it. Baby, I don't know a lot about being a daddy but I know how I love Jesus, so just get behind me while we follow Jesus. That's it. And this social media stuff's killing us 
Because there's a lot of guys, man, they can't do this with their family because they're grinding and they're grinding and they're grinding. They can barely pay the bills and feed their house, man. They ain't got time to go to Cancun. Can't spell Cancun. <laughs> they ain't got nothing. But dads, let me say something to you. That's all right, man. Just grind for your family and love Jesus and do what he says. And at the end of the day, you be the biggest hero in the Bible. This country begging for men that just do what God says. Dude, lace up your shoes and own what you say. If you're wearing a T-shirt, wear a T-shirt. Don't trade in every day. If you love Jesus, honk. But don't just honk. Just lay on that horn and leave it on. Too many people just tooting it. They need to honk it. That's not in my notes, but I'm just telling you, that's what you got to do as a man. Your daughter be embarrassed, she'll drop to the floorboard, just keep honking, all right? Just keep honking. What's the last thing God asked you to do? Did you do it? I want you to go to Genesis chapter 22. We could probably end right there, man. God, whoo. People are like, I'm done. If, Pastor, you done? I'm done. <laughs> I'll go to my burger. <laughs> oh, we got more. Hang in there. Genesis 22. Here's what I'm going to do. That's a lot. I'm not going to read it verse by verse. I'm just going to kind of run through it because if you're a dad and you got your Bible, I need you to get a pen or a pencil or a highlighter because I'm going to give you some good stuff in Genesis 22. The father of the nation is going to show you some good father stuff. All right? Good father stuff. Genesis 22, look at verse one. Sometime later, God tested, tested Abraham. Let me stop right there. Men, we may not like a test, but we need a test. You're never gonna know what's in you until you're tested. Never gonna know. That's why I love sports so much. I grew up in a locker room. Coaches got more out of me than I thought was in me. I needed it, though, because I don't know Jeff if I don't get pushed, and I don't know him if he doesn't push me. Every time you get a test in life, don't mock God and cuss him. Thank him. I know it's hard, but that test revealing a lot, man. It's revealing a lot. Let it do its work, and you'll be beautiful because he'll make you that. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. Abraham said, here I am. Here I am. Dads, listen to me. Greatest answer you can give God when he says your name, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I'm a mess, man. God, I'm a mess. I don't even know why you're saying my name. I am fumbling severely. I'm not getting it right. I can't do two things right at the same time. I can't. I'm not in a good place. But you said my name, and I'm just telling you, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm undone. I'm a mess. I'm not a man of my word. I'm not doing the job commanding my troops. I'm not being the daddy I need to be, but here I am. You said my name, and I don't know why. But here I am. Can I tell you something? When God says your name, that's your greatest answer. Here I am. Don't try to smoke God's chili. Don't tell him you're something you're not. 
If you hadn't had a quiet time in seven years, just say I hadn't had a quiet time in seven years. His name is the word of God. Don't you know if he knows you've been in it? He is the word. If your Bible cracks, it ain't been opened. Just say I haven't been opened. Meet God right where he meets you. Don't pretend to be something you're not. You can't get well if you don't tell the truth to the doctor. Dr. Jesus says your name. He said, here I am. Here I am. Look at verse two. Craziest invite I've ever seen in scripture. Craziest invite in the world. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to a region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there at a burnt offering on the mountain, I tell you. <laughs> we all know that, that Old Testament foreshadows New Testament, right? We know who ultimately is the only son. Amen? Is this not the craziest invite you've ever seen? Hey, Abraham, here am I. I want you to take your only son, take it up on a mountain, put it on an altar, sacrifice it. What? What? That's the invite. Verse three is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Crazy. Look at verse three. Early the next morning, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Abraham got up, saddled his donkey, and took his two servants and his son Isaac. I'm sorry, I need to stop for a second. Did you hear the invite in verse two? Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you take your only son? Gonna take him on a mountain, gonna build an altar. Why don't you put a knife through him and sacrifice to the Lord? Okay, good night. Good night? How do you sleep on that invite? If you know that's what God asked you to do, how do you go to bed? He said, he got up, he just got up early. Ooh, ooh, eight hours of sleep, hmm. Bacon, eggs, over medium, please, hash browns and toast and coffee. How are you sleeping on that invite? Anybody here have trouble sleeping? Y'all gotta be honest on Father's Day, come on. Like, uh-huh. Why do we have trouble sleeping? Could be numerous reasons. For most of America... It's because we spend all night helping God do what God wants to do by himself without us. My Bible tells me that while I sleep, God's at work on my behalf. I wonder if I stay up, how's it work out? <laughs> I guess if I stay up, he stays up, but he doesn't need to do anything because I'm doing it all. How many of us spend nights helping God? Proverbs 3 says that my sleep will be sweet because the Lord is my confidence. Uh-oh. How much do you trust God? How much faith you got? How's your faith? How's your trust? He just asked Abraham to take his only son and to build an altar and sacrifice it. 
Abraham said good night, went to sleep, got up the next morning, and just met God. If I get that kind of request, I'm not sleeping all night. There are already times I don't sleep that well. Why? What's in front of me is big. But I got to understand that, hey, you know what, Jeff? Your God's bigger. You don't have to do it. Go to sleep and let me do it. If I am who you say I am, good night. Trust me, have faith in me, let your sleep be sweet because your confidence is in the Lord. We could put pharmacists out of business with pills to help people sleep with one simple word in the Bible called peace. God says, let my peace drip over you, not as the world gives, but as I give. Dads, go to sleep. Go to sleep. And get up the next morning. God is your confidence and do what God says. Let's skip to five. So in verse four, they get, the, they get all the stuff they need to build the altar. And they begin to head that way. And verse five is just crazy too. Verse five, he says to his servants, stay here with the donkeys. This is the two servants that went with him. While I and the boy go over there. Watch what he says. This is Abraham's words. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Anybody catch that? We leave and we return. But the invitation in two is we leave and one gets sacrificed. So if one gets sacrificed, one minus two is one. Why doesn't it say that we leave and I will come back? It says we will leave and we will come back. Woo! Hello? That, my friends, is faith. That is trust. Abraham did not know what was about to happen. He didn't have a clue. He didn't know. He didn't know. He's like, he's like Noah. Noah building a big old boat. I mean a big boat. And it never rained. It hadn't rained. And he was asked to build a boat. Hey, Noah, what you doing? Building a boat. Why? Gonna rain. What's rain? Think about it. They ain't never seen it. They have a clue. They have a clue. Here's Moses leading the children of Israel to get to the Red Sea. People said, Egyptians coming. Egyptians are coming. Yeah, watch. Watch the, watch the sea. About to become a wall. We're going to walk right through it. Then when they get in the middle, it's going to drown them all. Didn't have a clue. 
But you know what they did know? God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Honey, I don't know how it's going to happen. It don't make no sense on paper. All we're doing is having faith and trusting God. God's going to do it. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. How's this going to work? God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Is that the theme of your life? Is that the echo of your life? Listen to me. When God says for you to do it, you're not held to the explanation from God. Your job's just to do it. Well, God, if you'll just tell me how you're going to do it, I'll step. No. There will be blanks, blanks, and more blanks. And God says, I need you to step in faith and trust me. Will you step? That's the last thing God said. Did you do it? Many times we don't do it is because we don't know how it's going to play out. Abraham didn't either. All he did was do what God said. That's all he did. Look at verse 7. You ever have your kids say something to you and you're like, ruh row. <laughs> Busted by a seven-year-old. Isaac spoke up, said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abram replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Mm. Everything's here, guys. Everything here, Dad. Where's the lamb? Mm. Children can say stuff to you that just, woo, they get to you, man. I had a dad one time say, my daughter caught me in the garage. She said, Dad, what just came out of your mouth has nothing to do with the songs that Paxton sings. <laughs> Uh-oh, cold busted on that. Out of the mouth of babes. Man, I want you to see the most gorgeous thing in the world. Look at verse eight. This is the question from his son Isaac. Everything's here but the lamb. Verse eight, Abram answered, God himself will provide the lamb. God himself will provide the lamb. Say it with me, church. God himself will provide the lamb. Who will provide it? God himself. There's a trap for men. Men are called protectors and providers, all right? Listen to me. What the trap is that, that men try to be so tough, they try to be the big-time protector. God says, my covering will beat anything you can do. I've got a covering for your children. When your children aren't even with you, provider and protector, I will cover them and protect them. I will shelter them of the most high. I will shelter them. I will protect them. Men are seen as providers. Sometimes we want to provide everything, and we feel like we have to do it all. God says, listen to me, man of the house. You are, you are the protector and the provider, but I ultimately am your provider. I am your provider. If you will understand that I am the provider, those little guys behind you that are watching 
they will also understand that God is my provider. That's how it works. See, too many times, man, we think we got it. Do it. Well, I'm the protector and the provider. And God asks you to step in faith and do something that's risky and crazy. And you say, I don't know how it's going to work. Don't, it don't make sense on paper. I can't do this. I'm not going to step. I'm not going to do it. And God says, listen to me, Dad. I'm your provider. I will always take care of you. You follow me. You do what I say. I will take care of the rest. You say, well, I don't see how it's going to work. It's not your job to see it. You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. My job is to provide her. I will make a way. Children of Israel at the Red Sea didn't see a way either, did it? For the first time in history, water became a wall, and they walked right through it. On dry land, by the way. God is your provider. See, too many men want to know how he's going to provide. We'll go to lunch. We'll sit over bacon. They say, well, preacher, tell me how God's going to do it. You, you see what's on my plate? T- tell me how God's going to provide that. It don't make no sense to me. I'm not gonna, it's not going to work. I said, listen to me. It's not our place to ask for him to tell us how it's going to work. It's our place to step in faith and trust that God himself is my provider. That's it. God myself. God himself. Skip down to 11 and 12. 11 and 12. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Watch the, watch the answer in 11. Looks like one. Look at the answer in 11. Here I am, he replied. I'm gonna say again, greatest thing you can do as a man is be honest with God right where you're at. If you're sick, tell the doctor you're sick because you can't get well if you don't. Say, God, I'm right here, I'm a mess. God loves messes, loves them. Got him a bad man. Oh, God's had plenty of time with bad men. Tell him who you are and speak where you're at. Don't tell him anything else. Here am I. Look at 12. Do not lay hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I, have, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your only son. Anything you're holding on to is an idol. Anything. Anything. If it's your career, your money, your house, your toys, your reputation, your muscles, your way of dress, all that stuff, trophy wife, it don't matter. Anything you're holding on to that you're putting on an altar, it is absolutely an idol in your life. It's an idol. The greatest way to fail as a father is to be selfish. Greatest way. Because I'm going to say something to you. When you move from, when I move from being Jeff to dad, guess what? I move from having it my way (laughs) to having it my kids' ways. I had to lay my life down to be a daddy. You meet men that fumble as a daddy, they'll tell you, every one of them, I was selfish. I want to do what I want to do. 
you put yourself on that altar and you, what you want to do and you sacrifice your selfish ways and you begin to lay your life down for your, for your wife like Christ laid it down for the church, you raise a great family with great kids. But as long as you're on that mountain and you're the idol that you worship yourself, you're going to fumble as a daddy. Anything you put before God is an idol, my friend. He taught that lesson right there. Look at 13. Abraham looked over. There in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns, went over and took it, sacrificed it on a burnt offering instead of his son. Who is your provider? God himself is your provider. How long was the ram there? Don't know. Was he there when he got, when Abraham and, and Isaac got up there? I don't know. I think if it was already there, they'd have seen it. I think if it was important to the story, it had been called out. They spend this time up there making this altar, building the fire, getting everything ready. Remember, Isaac said that everything is here but the lamb. In verse 8, he says, God will provide. And they look over in 13, and there's a ram in the thickets. Who provided the ram? God did. See, I must say something to you. You want God to provide it before you say yes? Mm -mm. You say yes, he'll provide it. Don't get it out of order. You say, well, it's crazy. He needs to tell me what he's gonna do. No, yeah, he is crazy, okay? And you gotta be crazy to go with him. You gotta say yes and trust that he provides. Look at 14. He says that place, we'll call it the Lord will provide. Mm. Look at 15 and 17, about to get good. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven the second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. <laughs> That's funny. And through your offspring, all nations will know that you are blessed. Why? Because you, what does it say? Obeyed me. Because you obeyed me. Listen to me, dads. You don't have to be a hero. You just have to be obedient. That's it. I was 37 years old. We came back from Arkansas, back to East Texas. I was in Longview, Texas. We, built, we bought a house in Spring Hill neighborhoods, northwest of Longview. Spring Hill Panthers, powerhouse 3A football team. Brett was seven. Natalie was five. And God said, that's a good plan, Jeff, but we're going to go to Amarillo. I'm like, mm -mm. nope, we're not going to Amarillo. God said, hey, Jeff, we're going to go to Amarillo. Hey, God, we're not going to Amarillo. <laughs> Y'all ever had these conversations with God? God, you going? God wants you to do this, and you say, I'm not doing it. Long story short, we came to Amarillo, Texas. Came on staff at Quell Creek. At that time, it was Santa Baptist Church. All right. 
Mm. We served on that staff six years. We built a house in Prairie West in 2002. There wasn't much in Prairie West in 2002. Some of you are like, there ain't much out there now. But listen, 21 years ago, it was less, okay? Built a house out there. Came by this church every day to go to work. God kept laying on my heart, speaking to me about this house right here. At that time, it was First Baptist Church in Bushland. It didn't look like this, okay? Long story short, six years later, 2008, this church called me to be their pastor. Poor Mike Minky's here. <laughs> his fault, okay? He was one of the people that was here, he and his family. We came on staff. Wasn't a lot of people here, all right? 18, 20, 25, don't know exactly. Had a little farmhouse over here. Uh, you don't know where it is now, but where that glass is out there in that, in that grassy, pretty area, there was a farmhouse. That was my office, all right? We officed out of that little farmhouse. Right? For a year and a half, I was the only person on the staff and anywhere around, okay? My wife worked at the school, okay? And then over time, God began to send people and send people and send people. First four years was hard. 2012, Paxson joined our staff, and we began to pick up some momentum, and then other staff came, and other staff came, and more people came, and more people came, and more people came, and now I have the privilege and honor of pastoring one of the coolest churches in the panhandle in the state of Texas. Listen to me, dads. I'm not saying all that to puff myself up. I'm not. It's not what I'm about. What I'm saying is, all you got to do sometimes is take a step because that step of obedience leads to other steps of obedience. Remember, this altar in 22 was not the first one he built. He built it three others before that, all right? When God speaks to you, you say yes and you do what God says. And then he builds your faith and he speaks to you and you say yes and he builds your faith and you do it. Whatever God asks you to do, do what God has asked you to do. And it will lead to more than you could ever think or imagine. It'll be bigger and outnumber the stars in heaven. It'll outnumber the grains of sand. Why? Because God is good. And he does what he says he will do. That's what God does. When God changed my name from Jeff to dad, did I know how to be a dad? No. Some of you might argue and say you still don't know, all right? But I ain't know. 1995, doctor said, here's your boy. I'm like, sweet. You give a boy red meat, a gun, and a football, and they'll take care of the rest. Two years later, year and a half later, they said, here's your baby girl. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. But we figured it out, didn't we, Natalie? You want to need, you, you want, woo. You know God's good? Be blessed with a girl. You don't raise a girl without God. Mm-mm. 12 years old, sitting at the bar making breakfast and lunch. She's telling me about her friends picking on her. I grew up in a locker room. I had a son. I said, baby, all I can tell you is you it's going to have to suck it up. I look at the bar and she's not there. I get, well, that's good parenting by me. 
A little bit later, I hear footsteps coming down the hall, 6.05 a.m. I'm like, that's from the wrong direction. Now he's roomed that way. All of a sudden, Melissa turns the corner. Did you tell your daughter to suck it up? Yes, ma'am. You don't tell a 12-year-old daughter to suck it up. You can tell your son to suck it up. Don't tell your daughter to suck it up. Bad parenting. Yes, ma'am. You don't tell your 12-year-old daughter to suck it up. I mean, she should have sucked it up, but that's not how you talk to them. God, help me raise a girl because I just gave Brett, you know, red meat, a football, and a gun. He figured out the rest. Girl, I ain't like that. Can I say something to you? God changed your name for a reason. I was once Jeff, then I became dad. Why? Because he trusted. But he said, you know what? I don't need you to be a hero for Brett and Natalie. I just need you to be obedient. You ask Brett and Natalie. That moves Amarillo, Texas. Greatest thing ever happened. Greatest thing ever, man. Because I pastored the coolest church in the world. And I got some of the coolest friends in the world. We came to Amarillo, didn't know us so. Been the greatest thing for Melissa and I and Brett and Natalie. Dads, you don't have to look right and smell right, eat right, be all cool, dress cool, do all these cool things with your families. You know what you have to do? Be obedient, man. Let's do what God says to do. If you're 25, you're 35, it don't matter. Just do what God asks you to do. And at the end of the day, you will be a hero for your children and for your wife because you were a man that did what God asked you to do. I'm going to ask you to stand, church. It's not the big things for God. It's the little things that lead to the big things. Whatever God's asked you to do, do it. Just do it. Just do it. He said, Jeff, it's crazy. Don't make sense. Don't add up. It ain't supposed to add up, make sense. It's from God, amen? Step out in faith and do it. You don't have to be a hero for your kids just have to be obedient. Amen. We're going to have ministry teams flanked on both sides. They're here to pray over you and with you. This altar's open. <laughs> Take it from Abraham. It's a good place to be. He built four of them. You come here and meet with God. And just say, God, I'm sorry. I've been trying to be a hero for my kids and all you want me to be is an obedient man. So whatever you need to do, this is your time. Father, we love you. Thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for saying our name above all the names in the house and online today. And Father, right now, we just wanna say yes to you. We don't wanna miss an opportunity not to obey you. We just wanna say yes. So Holy Spirit, right now, draw us, speak to us. Do what you need to do for your glory, for your honor. In Christ's name, amen. Let's worship. If you need to come, you come. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.